Hello and welcome to the Half Court Press Podcast. I am Jimmy Watkins, the Nebraska basketball beat writer. He is Joel Lorenzi, the Creighton beat writer. I just finished driving six hours from Minnesota where Big Ted Media Days took place. So I was like, you know what I want to do? I want to sit still for 40 minutes in a chair again before I have to drive another hour to get home. Uh, Big Ten Media Days was fun. We'll get into that. We're going to look a, do a little peek ahead to Big East Media Days, Joel, which is next week. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It's next week, yeah? Yeah, next okay. Tuesday. Yeah, Joel's, <laughs> Joel's got dual-wielding Nerf guns I'm right now. I'm kind of They just broke the news to me before we started that. Oh yeah, we're getting we're not light switches in here. <laughs> we're getting we're light switches in the studio, anymore. so we're not going to have to shoot at the sensors to make the lights go on. Um, I don't know what. I, I don't think we're going to get rid of the Nerf guns, yeah, I'm but gonna it's, it's just going to be. But. It's just going to be. <laughs> it, honestly, what this does for me, if I have, if I'm any um, concerned Nerf gun user, which is basically, I don't know who uses these besides me and Joel in the office, but <laughs> it, it increases the likelihood that if we get a bullet in the hallway in like the main office, which does happen from time to time, that someone's going to come and be like, why do you have these anyways? And we used to be able to say, well, we got to do because we have the light. Yeah. And now we don't have that anymore. So we got to come up with another excuse. Lee going to send uh, Nerf training or something. Yeah, online that's right. Training. I still have to do my, my, my uh, what is it, aggression training? Office aggression training. I was too busy being aggressive in the office to do my yeah. office to aggression training. For me to do that. <laughs> I'm, I still want to know what happens to me if I don't do it. Yeah. Um, Let's Joel, how you, let's do, yeah, let's try it. How are you doing, man? Well, I haven't seen you in a minute. I know, man. It's, it's, it's good to see you actually with the Dreamville beanie yeah. on. You got the real relaxed, oh, yeah. relaxed my, like yeah. you drove six hours. I did drive six hours. I, haven't, I, haven't, I, I half showered this morning. Okay. Washed my face. Little sink action. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'm gross. Yeah. It's grody roady season. Well, it's if it's worth anything, I couldn't tell. Like you. Thanks, it's, man. It's cool to see you. Thanks, man. Relax like this, man. Yeah, that's, you that's, need to do it more often. Okay. Appreciate that. Appreciate just that. Do it, People, on. I've always been told that I'm I'm take myself way too seriously, and I, I'm sure. a little too uptight. So I should be. I should. Uptight, be, uh, I, should I should. I, I should dress it down. No, obviously, this no. No one's ever said any of this to me. <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> why are you lying? In? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the opposite. Yo, why is he making a habit the to, to lie now? Like, it's the opposite. This? Where is this coming from? It's the opposite. From? I'm delirious, man. I didn't sleep very much last night. Um, big time media days was yesterday. We talked to Fred. We talked to Sam Griesel, talked to Derek Walker. Um, takeaways from Big Ten Media Day. First one was like, dude, Derek is just like way happier. <laughs> Again, it's this like, it's this the con- continued storyline of like everyone's just in a better mood. Sure. Because, I mean, the games haven't started yet, so it's very possible that they lose a bunch of games. I think they'll probably lose more than they win, and it you know turns. A little, a little bit more dour in these press conferences. But yesterday, like, I don't know. Derek was, like, laughing, joking around. He was asking us questions about how we prepare our questions. It's just everyone's in jovial spirits. I think, like, again, I keep saying it. The team is it's, it's great vibes. They really like each other. That's a really good thing, especially because last year, I don't know that that was always. And they liked each other, but they just didn't. It didn't always they didn't always get along is how I'll phrase that they didn't this team is going to be more unselfish and, and willing to do this the stuff that no one likes doing and sacrifice and all that gobbledygook um yeah it's it bro I'm not gonna lie it seems like people are eating up the addition of Sam Griesel because I mean they love I, Sam man obviously I wasn't there but I'm seeing all on the timeline I think 
my dog uh, Kevin Sweeney was there. I think I saw Fancy was there. Like all the national people were there, and yeah. I kept seeing Sam Grizzle. And I'm like, yo, like uh, this is a lot more coverage of Sam Grizzle than I thought there would be. He's he's a he's kind of he's, he's an easy kid to talk to. He's an easy kid to like. He's smiling. He's always out there openly telling everybody that this is like he's living his dream right now playing at nebraska basketball which is like unusual that's not a thing that i think most people grow up aspiring to do what, right what was your dream jimmy uh that's a good question i mean you could argue i'm living it somewhat right now but that was sure. like a just dream on the fly i would have liked to have been in the nba that had been pretty cool thanks what's he <laughs> lakers come on now okay yeah what you mean come on now are you showing a fandom on a pod right now yeah 100 percent. come at me it. Come at me. Jesus. It's not an NBA pod. I don't care. Go Lakers. Whatever. They're not very good. They're not very good. It doesn't matter. Um, other takeaways. Here's Okay, so here's something I've been working on in my head. So one of the stories that I worked on yesterday I haven't written yet. I think it's, I'm going to write it next week off of Big Ten Media Days was uh, about Sam. I just asked a bunch of coaches who, are, who have worked or are working with low major transfers making a jump what it takes for those guys to succeed at the next level. And with a common refrain that I got from, so for like, from like Micah Shrewsbury and um, Chris Holtman, Micah Shrewsbury, the Penn state coach, Chris Holtman, the Ohio state coach, they were saying stuff like, well, it's, you know, it's a role adjustment, but those guys are going to be more open than they've ever been in their lives. Like you're going from, you know, a school like, uh, I think Tanner Holden, the right state transfer, is 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 the one that went to Ohio State. Guy where you know you have the keys and you want to, you have to you're asked to create everything. Whereas Ohio State, like you're you're fitting a very specific, you're being asked to do a very specific thing. And if if you can just excel in that one thing, it's going to be considered a success. And you're just way lower on the scouting report. The trick there is is that Sam is going to do the exact same thing at Nebraska that he was doing at North Dakota State. He's going to, like, Fred basically came out and said it yesterday. That somebody asked him about, like, Sam's versatility on or off ball, and Fred was, <clears throat> he basically said, well, Sam's going to have the ball in his hands when he's on the court. Like, they're going to run stuff through him. So, Joel, this is, you know, a, a, just a, a general basketball question for you, college basketball question. What do you think is is required for, it's, it happens every now and again, the general consensus with recruiting in the recruiting circles is that if you're ba- if you're basing your offense or like asking your um, low major transfer to, to take a big lion's share of that responsibility, it's at best a crapshoot. So what, what are the qualities required in that kind of player to make them successful? To make them successful in, in that role, like for Sam, basically someone like Sam, who's taking a major role at a high major school after playing a low major. Um, Kind of, I mean, you kind of said it. Um, usually it's excelling in that one thing. I think Sam is in a real peculiar case. I mean, you rarely see this. I know. Where, um, and especially, I think it would be more common to see it from a guy who <clears throat> maybe went mid-major to high-major from freshman to sophomore year sure. or sophomore to junior year. Yeah. But he spent, what, four years? Four years. And now is going to. And he's only, yep. he only played point guard for the last two of those years. So it's like. It feels like there's less room to grow for a guy who's already played four years of college basketball. Absolutely. I mean, what you see is what you get for the most part. So it's harder to expect him to make a jump. I'd say it becomes a comfortability thing and mm-hmm. just um, having the idea that you could do what you did at your last school, at this school. I mean, yeah, for confidence what, is huge. For, <laughs> and for what it's worth, they're 
should be some of that to go around because this is a low pressure situation. I mean, they're not expected to do anything. So well, yeah, it's low pressure for sure. Like like expectations aren't high, but the coach's job is in jeopardy. Well, it has nothing to do with him. Sam loves Fred, though. I mean, you know, that's you know, coach, the players feel that, right? Yeah, but this isn't exactly Doug McDermott and Greg McDermott. It's not, it's not like, yo, my right. father's yeah, job. They is just on met run. each other six months ago. You know I mean? You're right about so, that. You're right about that. Um, you make good points. I agree. It's really challenging. I've always said, I said it when they brought Sam in, when they brought Emmanuel Bandamel in. All the AAC is like a weird middle ground between high and low major, whatever. It is very rare that you jump up in competition and also increase your efficiency. That rarely happens. Yeah. Why Sam could be a unique case? He's six seven. He's huge, man. Derek was like rubbing his shoulders. Look at these shoulders. Look at these shoulders. He's huge. He's really really big. Yeah. That's unique. I don't care who you are in the big. T- like I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't think there is another primary ball handler who's that tall in the conference. That's gonna help him stand out. The other thing is like. It's not like like it's not gonna be, you know, it's not gonna be what Alonzo Verge like. He's not gonna be breaking people down. It's it's Sam get to a spot and run. He he is like he's he's like the extension of Fred. He's like the classic point guard. That's what they want him to do. Just like use your size, bump people around, get to this spot, and then we'll run some action off of that. That's I, that's why I think it can work, even though he's gonna have a lot of responsibility. He's not gonna have to be overly creative or um, like beat too many guys one on one. I don't think they're gonna ask him to do that. Other thing that I was thinking about yesterday, I was asking around my story yesterday. My well, one of my stories yesterday was about the winning pedigree of the guys they brought in, plus Derek, and why Fred went for specifically those kinds of players in the portal which is basically because last year's team didn't build very many winning habits. Um, they lost early. You know, Fred keeps pointing to this NC State game that they lost in four overtimes as like some big uh, turning point in the season. If we had won that game, maybe we win, you know, four or five more close ones. I don't necessarily believe that. I think the flaws that were uh, true of that team would have hampered them long, long even whether they won that game or not. But I understand the concept of confidence coming from something that, um, like, you have to have success before you have confidence. It's kind of like a chicken or the egg thing. And so he, what he did is just like, all right, I'm just taking dudes that already know how to do that, and I'm putting them in here. So another thing I was doing, I was asking around, uh, like, uh, Holtman again, brought in a bunch, a couple of transfers who fit this mold, like um, the, the Isaac Likely kid from Oklahoma State mm-hmm. and the McNeil kid from West Virginia. Those are successful programs, well-known coaches um, that, are, that come in and Ohio State's bringing in a super large recruiting class. A lot of their team's uh, young, so it makes sense what they're doing. And he kind of just like him and Shrewsbury and who else did I ask? I think it was Ben Johnson. I asked a little bit about this. They all kind of just like brushed that aside a little bit. They're like, yeah, it's nice that you have, you know, played at a, a, a big program before but we're really just trying to fill holes needs and that that to me speaks to the idea that these other teams i think have more of a, a, a proper perspective on the transfer portal where it's just like this is our salt on top of our roster this is our cherry on top right whereas fred has has made the portal guys they're like the foundation like sam Griesel's gonna have the ball all the time again I'm, I just said he's not going to be asked to do anything crazy, but he's running things. Emmanuel Bandamel is the best perimeter defender day one. He plucked him out of the transfer portal. You know, like 
Juwan Gary is someone that they're they're changing their offensive rebounding philosophy around. He's probably their second best perimeter defender. Day one, like these, are, and they're they're also all looked to as as leaders for the program, and it's just a challenging mix. I think that the intangible stuff is going pretty well, but I just think that it it speaks to where the program is that that's that's what you thought you had to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that make sense to you? What so like? <laughs> how do you get out of that? Because it feels to me, because I, I'm. I think if, if Fred makes it to next year, I think they're going to do it again. I think they're going to go big portal hunting. And I know that everyone's doing that to college basketball to a certain degree. But, like, what is the proper balance there between maintaining your own culture with guys that you're developing, you know, four years at a time, two or three, you know, so guys are going to leave early if you're good. Yeah. But how do you do, how do you build a culture while trying to upgrade talent through the portal like yeah. that? Yeah. And some of it is inevitable, right? I mean, the portal has become so prominent that it's almost an extension of recruiting. You're just recruiting dudes with beards now. Like, yeah. really, um, like, from what I've seen from Creighton, I mean, they don't try to get anybody out the portal that they don't think could mm-hmm. fit in their system, which is a pretty specific, like, I mean, they, they know they want guys that could be part of a free-flowing offense. Like, you're not just recruiting top names or willy-nilly anybody. Like, they want good fits. So it's it still remains. It's not like, um, even though, with the portal, sure, like, um, it could be sh- short-lived guys you're getting, right? But um, at the same time, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, college basketball is a yearly thing now. I don't think there is such a thing as set culture unless you're, like, I don't know, maybe a, a UNC or sure. a, a Nova, those schools that recruit guys knowing that they're going to stay for a few years. I, I think it's, like, it's just inevitable, man. It's hard to retain a culture it's it's fascinating that this is happening we're having this conversation now because i think like if if this dynamic existed and it probably will exist at nebraska in three to four years whoever the coach is whether it's fred or somebody else we'd be more used to it but right now it's a lot of people are frustrated by the constant turnover of, of the program and i think people like I mean, I I know this is. I don't know. I have a strong inclination. This is Trev Albert's sensibility. They want to see teams that are built like old school, like this, and that's kind of what Fred's trying to do with like the defensive identity that they're building. Yeah. But they want they want guys that are around for four years, like Nebraska basketball fans. That's what they're used to. That's what you know. That's uh, that's what Miles did. That's what the old Doc teams did. That were not that good. <laughs> but yeah. like we're brought fans out and kept, you know, upset a good big 12 team every now and again and kept people invested. This is, it's just new, new ground that everyone is sort of navigating. And I think that, I don't, I think that that, like I the, the dynamic that I described earlier, the idea that you're building your culture around three guys who just got there. And I don't want to shortchange guys like Derek Walker, who's a, who has been here as long as Fred has. He's the only guy. C.J. Wiltshire is another good culture guy. Wilhelm Breidenbach is a guy that they are looking to to be one of these kinds of people. But Sam's, the, I would say Sam is 1A leader on the team. Emmanuel's 1B leader on the team. Jawan Gary is the spirit of the team. These are guys that just got here. G- given what I know the fan base is used to and likes and what hasn't worked in Nebraska, it, 
that's a tough rub there. Yeah. It's and, a tough rub there. And to your point on, the, you know, expecting players at any program to be there for four years, um, that belief almost has to, like, disappear because you look around at how enticing the portal is and how enticing it is that you could change your scenery at the drop of a hat, especially at the first sign of something you don't like, the first red flag if you're, uh, you know, a student athlete. I think um, you look around the country and I don't even think you need one hand to maybe count the number of programs that are worth staying at for four years that you'd be like, oh, yeah, I can really see myself there for four years. I mean, what, uh, UNC might be one, but you got to know that you're going to be dealing with high major recruits. Um, yeah, they're going to recruit over you if they if they can. You know, and then Gonzaga might be another one. Right. Um Duke, I don't know if you really like the brand that much. Maybe you stick around at yeah. Duke. I, I mean, if I you're c- a four year guy at Duke, it didn't work out for yeah, you. Yeah, bro. Like, you're like a Joey Baker yes. yeah. or some shit. Like, it just. Right. Like, <laughs> exactly, bro. Yes. I, I look around and I'm like, I'm trying to think of a school that really makes sense staying there four years and you could still make the jump that yeah. you intended to make when you committed there. Like, right. I, I, it's the new normal. And I don't know. It's, again, I think it's particularly difficult for that to be the case when you're trying to. Dig yourself out of the basement yeah. as well. And, and on top of that, like, who's thinking I want to go to Nebraska for four years? I mean, shit, who's thinking they want to go to Creighton for four years? I mean, they, like, no, well, no, no basketball player who has recruiting options is thinking I'm going to college for four years. That Realistically. Too. Yes, that's who. Realistically. Yeah. Good point. I mean, they all. I think I do still believe, like you know, they. I think they all want to come back and get their degrees, but they want that to happen after they're in the league. Yeah, and you know, I think I think it's interesting because I think now with NIL, it makes it it's maybe easier yeah. to stay. But I don't think anybody's walking on the campus like, yeah, I'm gonna be here four years trying to make. Like Drew Timmy definitely did not want to be at Gonzaga for four years when he committed, but it's just worked out. I don't to think the you want to come back this year. I think you went to the NBA. They're like, dude, you're gonna get picked sixtieth, maybe. Facts. Facts. <laughs> so it's like the bag has just made it easier for him to stay on campus and just the options the outlook because i mean yeah especially if you're like a college a dominant college big like you got to know most of those guys are not translating to the nba with their current games so it's just tough what a good that's that's like what uh, this conversation is making me just think about like what a good culture is 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 changing yeah right like i'm thinking of like jay wright just retired like there's an identity like it's i think it's more about what your identity is than like what sort of like locker room thing you have going on that still matters obviously like within the particular season that you're playing but your yeah culture is identity culture is your coaching staff that sort of stuff yeah and maybe maybe it's not having a in Villanova's case a Colin Gillespie year in year out maybe it's recruiting Colin Gillespie types or recruiting guys that you feel like Colin Gillespie will be a coach on that staff how soon (laughs) We'll I see. He's, he's yeah. in the league right now. I'm not trying to disrespect him. Yeah. But like, I could see it. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess it's just re- recruiting the guys that kind of fit that mold. Um, I thought the Cam Whitmore pickup was, like, revolutionary for them because mm-hmm. they almost never get somebody. Uh, banged up, though. That's that capable. Yeah, he's banged up right now. But I don't think they, they ever – they never get somebody that capable, that highly right. touted. Um, even if they do get a five-star, it's, it's not somebody who's going to be a top-five draft pick right. like he's projected. Like – um, so that's new for them, but I think usually like the culture should be getting guys who buy in who are going to be their sophomore juniors. Like, I think you know when you're recruiting a guy what his intentions are, and I think they've done a good job of even kind of setting that culture. 
couple fun things, uh, and then we'll move on and talk about Creighton from media days. Fred had some – so he's, Fred played in Minnesota. Those were his last two years of his NBA career. He played with KG on the uh, the T-Wolves team that, that made the conference finals in 04 and, and lost, lost to the Lakers. And he was just – he was telling some really good KG stories. One uh, – Couple. I wrote about. I think I wrote about two of these. And I'll probably write about another one on Sunday. But uh, the the my favorite was Fred has his open heart surgery. Two days later, KG shows up at his house. I heard about unannounced. <laughs> plays Fred's son Jack, who is then five years old, in like Nintendo baseball. Wins twenty five to one. Leaves. That's just incredible. It's like just, just like that's who KG is. He's an insane competitor. Um, Along the same, like Fred was talking about how KG used to yell at him when he would miss shots that blew KG's assists, and KG would just be like, "Just relax." And Fred's like, "You're not. That's not making me relax." <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the other one, this is just like to me, this is like the difference. This is what makes athletes just if you're when you're locked into this crease. Like he was so Fred was sitting up there at the podium. And he has his two hands in front of him, like in the shape of cups. And he just said that when KG would sit. He would sit with a cup of Gatorade in one hand, cup of water in one hand, in the other hand. He'd be sl- he would slug the water real quick, then use that cup as a spit cup. But his hands were shaking the, the entire time he's on the bench. Like he's just so amped up that he can't sit still. So I love KG. He's just one of my favorite people I've ever played basketball. Facts. He's. I met KG in Vegas did? this year. Yeah. That's awesome. What was crazy was I. It was he. So I was in Vegas. Um, and it was uh, it was during the finals. Okay. Um, I was out there for a, a wedding. It was during the finals. Um, so obviously the the Warriors and the hell that was an email. I think the, the Warriors and Golden State were playing, and so I'm in the hotel. I'm standing has like a whole like you know how Vegas is. They right. got a whole what's it called downstairs? The whole casino. Casino. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in there. He got a whole section reserved to himself just for him to be in this big-ass chair watching the game. That's amazing. And so when he comes <laughs> out, and they're, like, recording him. I think he's doing, like, a documentary. Okay. I think he I think he dropped uh, some okay. type of, like, serious yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm... So I think that was part of it. And so he comes out, and I'm just, like, we just chopped it up a little bit. Like, what up? He had to, he had to go. So, But it, it was cool. I mean, seeing dude in person, like, that's that was one of my favorite players growing up. Like, he's still, like, in terms of just his personality, like, that's one yes. of my favorite athletes. He's also one of those dudes. He still looks like he can play. True. He just yeah. looks. He looks so good for a guy who's been retired for, I don't know, at least ten years now, right? Hell no. No, not, not. ten years. Almost though. I'd say it's closer to five than ten. Closer to five than ten. Well, yeah, that's right. He hung on with Minnesota a couple years. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, Brooklyn. I kind of. I don't know. I just the Celtics thing is where it cuts off for me. Uh, other. This, you'll like this one. Uh, Ramel Lloyd. Mm-hmm. They were doing. They do. I don't know why they do. They do yoga all the time, but they were doing yoga with goats. And I read, I thought I was tweaking when I read that you <laughs> tweeted that out. I'm like, go yoga. Ramel Lloyd heard. picked up one of the pieces of goat poop and didn't know what it was. What the? <laughs> yo. Wait, so there's actually, you got to describe to me what goat yoga is. I asked I never them, heard and Derek's just, Derek was just like, yeah, we just like, they went to like, I don't know, like a, a local goat farm. And like in the Swiss Alps or some shit? No, in Nebraska. Like, Dude, you, it's Nebraska. You can find some goats. You can well, find some goats for. I'm trying not to stereotype <laughs> Nebraska. I, I you live can find in some Omaha, goats. Dog. I know they were. I know they were in Nebraska. I think they were near Lincoln, and they they have it on their social media. It's just like them, like 
like some I, I forget who someone's like kind of like scared of him and then the other some of the other p- players were like chopping it up with the goats and Derek said that the goats were like taking their mats and laying on them I don't know what the point of the goat part was they just did yoga with goat they like do I don't know how to do yoga but like you know downward dog but a goat is standing next to you I don't know man that's like that's they not seem even to some love shit it. You see they in seem Naruto. to love it. Like, I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know the. I don't behind that. Like, I don't bro, understand it either. Know, how different does goat shit look like? That like know. you can't recognize it, and you're picking it up and touching it and whatnot. I mean, Ramel's from L.A. He's never seen anything like that. I'm sure. But he's he's used the bathroom before. <laughs> like, fair. That's fair. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, let's talk a little Creighton. You wrote about Trey Alexander this week. Yep. He's I, in my mind, I think he's the most interesting dude on the team this year. I just know, because, that's how you feel, yeah. because I mean, I li- one, I like his game, but two, it just they. I well, keep saying it. They found something with him last year, and before Nemhard got hurt, he was kind of like still fine on his sea legs. It felt like so. Now, for him to try and harness what he did at the end of last season is very difficult with Nemhard back and Baylor Shireman can do. Uh, a yep. healthy slice of the cr- creating. What did you, what did you learn from Trey about that dynamic this week? Yeah, from from my understanding, they they still want to capitalize on that, right? Like they don't seeing the flash of him on the ball was maybe not a revelation, maybe not for him, but maybe to a lot of people who saw his progression through the year and maybe see the coaching staff even. I don't know. Um, I haven't really gauged them on that front, and I don't think they would admit that anyway. But right. um, I mean, there's no way they expected him to, for the transition to be that smooth. Yeah. No and, chance. And so it's something they definitely want to still capitalize on, and so they keep uh, spewing this idea that, you know, whoever's closest to the ball is going to bring it up. And t- to my understanding, um, Ryan is obviously PG1, but um, they'll take turns, you know, running the offense through Trey, running the offense through – uh, Baylor, and I think the the most you'll see it is you know second side actions, third side actions when the first play blows up. I'm seeing like I'm thinking like a lot of flow type stuff. Yeah, there's like one thing goes into the next, and it's like it's kind of seamless. Yeah, and and then they a also, lot of freedom, which is how it, that's how they want to play anyways. No doubt, and and they also don't want to get away from you know the type of player they recruited and right. the type of player that you know uh, they saw flashes of that allowed them to be like okay, you could take the reins like. Um, still being a, still being poised as an off-ball player, even though the shooting numbers won't tell you that. Right. Still being poised as an off-ball player because, truthfully, in terms of bag, I love that he said this. He 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 was. I was going to bring this up. He made it clear, like he got the best bag on the team. <laughs> and frankly, I mean, you watch him, you see him in practice. Like, I, I wouldn't argue with it. And so he's crafty, man. He's crafty as hell, yeah. man. All the turnarounds, all the uh, getting to yeah. spots in between game. Like, I think that's really great what I like finisher about him. too. Yeah, sure. that's really what I like about him is um, being crafty around the rim, being crafty in the in-between game, having that love for the in-between game. Good against contact, too. Yeah, and so um, they still want to, you know, capitalize on that type of player, too, and, you know, one-dribble pull-ups and getting to your spot with few dribbles, stuff like that, you know, lifting out the corner off, you know, off-ball screens and staggers and, and stuff like that, like still running plays for him, but maybe not – running through him. Right. So I'll, you'll see a little bit of both, I think. You mentioned the off-ball thing. Shot 28% from three last year. I think he said to you, that there's, what do you say, like, there's no way I'm going to shoot that way again or yeah. something like and they, that? And they all saying that. So but, why why are they saying that? 
um, because I think they set the bar so low that it's almost impossible to match that. I mean, um, he shot, what, 27% from three. The team shot, like, 30% from three. If you take a group of people and they've been practicing basketball for the whole summer or, like, six months, yeah. whatever, like, it feels almost impossible for them to shoot that bad the way they did. And especially now they got – um, it just has a team. Like, they added, like, prolific right, shooters. They added 40-plus sure. percent shooters. Yes, so I'm with the, that. The team percentage should not be that bad. But um, it seems like <clears throat> Trey and – But he said you – know, but Mac has said, like, about guys like Nemhard and Trey, like, they're not going to shoot that way again. Yeah, and I – That's – like – It seems like there's been a real emphasis on that. I appreciate that confidence. I want to know where it's coming from. Yeah, they, they, it's something they've been working on in the summer. Obviously, they they put emphasis on it, and um, – Trey has kind of mixed some of that into his off-season workouts. Uh, not just spotting up. I right. mean, that's that's a given. But also, like I said, lifting out of the corner and, and then spotting up. Yeah. You know, catch and shoot stuff out of actions. Um, Nemhard's kind of done the same. I don't know how much he'll actually be off the ball. Right. It'll just be situational. But, um, you know, shooting off the dribble, shooting out of pick and rolls. You know, a guy goes under uh, the screen, stuff like that. Um and that's another thing I, I think that's encouraging for Trey is that he worked in a lot. He did a lot of pick and roll this summer, too. Yeah. So, I do think what we talked about last week when, when Mac was saying about everyone's minutes are going to be cut just because they're so deep and he, he wants to see them maximize the efficiency of those minutes. I think that relates directly to jump shooting because you're playing 35, 36 <laughs> minutes a game being asked like it's again at the end of the year everyone everyone who was really playing was playing a lot that's exhausting that's exhausting man and shooting shooting three takes a lot of legs and you gotta be locked in and like there's just was a lot going on so that i will say i think that that can help them out there um switching gears next week you're on the road yeah this is your, this is your first road trip yeah since you've been here very yeah, exciting yeah. you can be in big apple yes sir um big east media days what you like you've said before you have a very good feel for this team yeah. what it's going to look like so what do you what what is your mission what do you want to learn next week about um, Creighton? i don't know maybe just some personal stuff see how these guys i don't know who's going yet yeah. uh, the big east it, it feels like I most would, leagues have made i would it. guess i would guess it's going to be nemhard and that's actually kind of hard I didn't have like Sam and Derek. I I knew before they announced that's who they're taking. Well, Kalkbrenner has to. I think so. Kalkbrenner you think Kalkbrenner? What well, is it only? Is it usually just two, two guys? Though. Well, yeah. That's the other. Michigan State took four people. Really? <laughs> Izzo took four people. So I guess you can bring as many as you want. Assuming it's two, I would guess Nemhard and Kaluma. Interesting. I would guess. I don't know. Sure. But Baylor, sure. Kalkbrenner, sure. Trey, sure. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. I don't know how they decide. I, I don't that. understand the. It's not even the secrecy on their front. I don't understand why the leagues are making it such a big deal to be the ones to announce it. Because we ask. We That's ask. That's why I don't know. You could ask that same question about a lot of different things. Yeah. It's, I don't know why they do that either. But, uh, yeah, actually, interesting contrast while we're talking about this. So Michigan State brings four, four dudes. They also brought four of the women's players, interestingly enough. Mm. Minnesota brought one. Hometown. Really? Yeah. I mean, like they, they got a lot of – a lot of turnover, but like they only brought Jamison Battle, who I did talk to. No Dawson Garcia major. didn't bring Dawson. Nope. Wow. It was a home, and it's like it's in your backyard. I don't know. Just thought that was a little weird. Yeah, but yeah. Um, to, to answer your question, um, man, 
it's hard to squeeze anything new out of this team until they play. I'm starting to feel that way too. Real games because I think I'm, I think I like I just want to see basketball. And next week Nebraska does have the next. Yeah. So yeah, and and in comparison to a lot of programs, I mean Creighton is wide open. I mean for the stuff that's there, like they don't hide. Um, so I've uh, been pretty familiar with this team since I got here. Yeah, so yeah, right. Like they are, they know what they were doing already. Yeah. It's so many like. So much uh, continuity, and like the changes that they like the the, the additions that, like Baylor's a big fit, a big addition, but like it's not not fundamentally changing anything about your team. Farabello is just another shooter that you plug and play, right? Yeah. Like, so that's they're kind of going through that too. I think that I would I would imagine that if not now soon, they're going to be itching to just get it started. Yeah, I'm. I, I guess what I'm looking for is to see how they respond to national guys. Or yeah, that's right. Media, It'll be a big spotlight on them. Yeah, and just seeing how uh, seeing how they respond to the questions that have been asked all summer, uh, just with different faces in front of them, and um, maybe how they how they enjoy New York. I don't know. I mean, they they live in Omaha, so right. That's that's the that's like it's really easy for them to say, and they've been saying, "Oh, we don't care about the expectation." Well, this is what the expectations actually looks like. There's going to be like when they. I'm assuming they'll do big. East media day the same way they did Big Ten media day where they divvy everyone up. The players are at different podiums like on the court, and it's like different stations. So like you know, Sam Griesel and Derek Walker are at this station, and the Ohio State guys are at the next table, and so on and so forth. The Creighton station's gonna be packed, and yeah. there's gonna be a ton of people asking them questions. And these like here, when they're when they're doing the stuff here, like it's pretty like it's you, it's tv station or two right and it's it's matt mm-hmm. that's kind of it so yeah. that'll be interesting to see how they handle that that's what like that's like the personification of big expectations big spotlight on you it's kind of the first look at them in that regard not that yeah. they, they don't maybe, take anything big away from media days maybe but. we'll get some feelings on other biggies programs you know usually right. guys are too cool they want to keep that stuff bottled up oh yeah i don't i don't have feelings about this you know i'm just excited to play Really, guess gauge their feelings on some of the other top programs and yeah. Who else? I mean, are you, what do you watch from the rest of the Big East? What are you paying attention to? Oh, I'm 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 tuning in to Seton Hall. I, okay, I'm just Shane, you know how I feel about Shane, Shane, man. Stan. So yeah, so um, tune in to Seton Hall. Um, you know, I saw a video of Patrick Ewing. I guess the I don't know if you saw this. The Georgetown players were quizzed on Patrick oh, Ewing's Knicks yeah. teammates. That was so embarrassing to me, <laughs> dog. Because we like, I'm like the same age as most of those dudes, and they they don't know who these guys are. Charles Oakley, dog. Like, come on, you don't know who Charles Oakley is, bro. It's like, I don't know. To I'm trying to, I try not to get mad about like. To me, this is akin to like, oh, you haven't seen that movie that came out before you were born. It ain't the same. What a, you're crazy. Charles Ar- Charles Oakley been it. in the news. I get it. If you're a basketball player, you should know that stuff. I agree with you. Man. But like, again, movies like you know, there's def- there's probably a, a few of them kid. didn't know who Mark Jackson was. Mark Jackson does the half the games you see on TV. Well, people, hey, kids don't watch sports like they used to. It's insane. Kids don't watch sports like It's too. insane seeing basketball players not indulge in basketball. It's crazy to me. But I agree with I, that. I kind of want to see. Uh, I kind of want to ask him about that. But. I mean, like, but like, I don't know. Have you have you heard like every Tupac album? No, but I'm not out here. Oh, One, crazy! Look, I'm not a rap. I'm not a rap writer. I, I don't know. get paid to do that. I'm I not know. the biggest Tupac it's the same, fan. It's kind of the same deal, though. It's not man. It's kind of the same deal. Tupac's more famous than anyone on that team. 
Yeah, for it's different. No, no, dynamic, no, 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 not, it's not like I just held up a picture of Tupac. You're like, who's that? That's it's different, but it's not all the way different. I don't know, dog, because the those Knicks teams are probably some of the most popular NBA teams famous. of all time. But like, I don't know, like besides Patrick Ewing, there's no super, other superstars. Like John Starks is a very well known name, not superstar. They didn't even know who he was. Yeah, it's tough. I I, I agree with you. It's tough, but like, I I, I just think that that's. I think it's more common. Like if we did that with a lot of teams, I think we'd That's get painful. More of that. Maybe it just means we're getting old, and these. I just I think mean, that like being a historian is like a very it's like a specific lane, and I appreciate it. I like I like caring about the stuff that happened before, but not everyone's that way. Oh we're getting man. further and further away from that too. I mean, those next teams were getting up on thirty years. Don't remind me. <laughs> not like I was around. I know. I know. But soon enough, we'll be talking used about... To be because, yeah, because that was like the era right before us, right? So Soon enough, we'll be holding up pictures of like Shane Battier or some shit. And people will be like, who the f*** is that? So Shane Battier. That'll really make me feel old. Shane Battier. Okay. Um, you got anything else on Creighton? Um, I thought it was interesting. So they had a five-star drop a, a, a top 13, a final 13 today, <laughs> which blows me because... Wait, um, I'm trying to think. There was a... There was, I forget which recruit it was. Oh, it was Peja Stojakovic's kid. Mm-hmm. Did a graphic and like, like uh, I will be announcing my cut from six to four. <laughs> Give me a break, <laughs> At bro. At whatever day. on when, I think it was like actually somebody, someone like, like Jeff Goodman or something was like, we're really doing this? We're like, really I, doing this. Imagine being the two schools to get cut. Like what a kick in the crotch <laughs> that is just to see this kid into his right. decision and be one of those two schools off that little yeah. ass – that's tough. Trim. But um, 13 schools is, is OD. Too many. It's, it's insane. Too that, many. Um, you shouldn't. That's like an ADHD list. Like you shouldn't have. You know what five schools are in your head. Five or six schools. And you know maybe the two more schools that have a chance. Just make it a final eight, man. Like that's what I'll take. A final eight. Maybe ten from some people. If you had like. Uh, this is Trenton Flowers we're talking about. So Trenton Flowers has risen pretty fast up the up the recruiting boards. He's a five-star now. Um, he's going to Sierra Canyon, I believe, this year. He might have transferred again. This is the thing. This is why I kind of understand it from him. He's been in, like, six different schools. Like He's like another Dior Johnson, so I could see. It's not as uncommon anymore, though. Being in six different high I mean, schools? yes. Okay, but going to a bunch of different high schools in general, not as uncommon. Six is a lot, yes. Well, one, that's a red flag to me in okay. terms of college, especially with the portal now. Because, <laughs> sure, I see that. Um, at, the, at the slightest inconvenience, that means you're in the portal to me. Yes. But, um, but it also that. means, I mean, especially when you're, like, announcing, I've decided to take my talent to Sierra Canyon. Like, yeah. I, I know those those dudes get a kick out of this shit, the, the final 13, the final 27 schools, like, um, so that we got, we got to abolish that, man, for real. The final 13 it's is never, crazy. It's going to get worse and I think, before it gets better. You know, I, I was talking to a coach, and I think they, they pointed out to me, I think he was trying to go for some theme. Like, it was like a spooky type theme because October or whatever. Nah, and so like they it. was trying to do like Friday the 13th, to th- but today's a, Thursday. A, so so we're talking about a themed recruiting graphic right now? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, That's it, insane. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, you know, Joe Tipton. I'm not trying to knock the kids, but. You know, Joe Tipton, like, that's that's his thing. That's what he does, yeah. He makes the the graphics. graphics. A lot of the recruiting guys, that's how they they get scoops. But if it was his idea at all, Trenton's idea at all, like, that, yeah. Sure. It is kind of. Yeah, you make it however the kid wants you to make it. I just, 
that's sus. Why well, I doubt it was Tipton's idea sure. to do that. So that <laughs> I guess it is pretty. That would be insane if it was Tipton's idea. I, I highly doubt it would. No. but maybe, I yeah, think maybe. it's insane either way. Maybe. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm not trying to. I, uh, we need fewer recruiting graphics in the world. That's, yeah. That's my very strong take. But yeah, uh, it, Creighton did make his, his final 13. I think he'll. They'll keep making his next few cuts. Maybe. So where they we go from 13? We go from 13 to eight. Yeah, I, th- I think they'll make the final six. I don't know about okay. the final four. He got some blue bloods on his yeah. list, man. Uh, from what I understand, he really likes UNC. I don't think Creighton's been in on him long, but um, they've been. Um, Another subplot of the season, though, is it's like they take off like they might. Like, yeah, and they, I, you could really parlay that. Yeah, into and some they've, they've been pretty invested in him too. Yeah. And and he's, I mean, for them to get in relatively late and for him to like them yeah. so much, I think it's a, it's a good sign. So. Uh, one more quick basketball thing. Monty Bates, charges dropped today. Yeah, I saw that. Very happy to hear that because yeah, I'm just, just, the kid's been through it. Through I want to see him play basketball. Tough for my Bobcats, though. Got to see him in the MAC, though. Don't love that. We're not talking about Don't love that. Don't love that. Um, real quick, uh, I don't know how the rap takes this week. So we were talking about TikTok before pod, <laughs> and you were coming at me. Jimmy, <laughs> let me tell you, Jimmy. Jimmy wants you to know, like, you can almost feel it when you shake his hand if you meet him for the first time. He wants you to know that he's in his mid-20s so bad. I just and he'll express it to you. We were talking about TikTok, and he's like... Uh, Someone, I think Grace asked me, like, do you, are you on TikTok or something? And I'm yeah. like, no chance. No shot. And it's never. like, dude, TikTok is a fine app, bro. I mean, yeah, there's different brain lanes that are, like, poison. so unbearable. but it's brain poison. If you get on the right side of TikTok, it is a great app. I'm, I got Maybe enough. not Twitter or IG, but I got that's that's honestly it's more about it's not that like I am so anti TikTok specifically it's just like I couldn't I got that. enough I got enough on my phone right now like Twitter and, and Instagram are already take up a bunch of my time well I think it's it, maybe it is some old shit to say but I think it's some old wise shit to say <laughs> because I think that that time is just the time that you spend scrolling. It's just wasted. This dream of beanie is wasted. cutting off your circulation. You it's think you Yoda now, bro? It's opening my third eye. Yeah, is what it's doing? You think you it's Cole opening my third eye. Man. Give me a break. <laughs> All right, that's it for this week's Half Court Press. We'll be back next week. When when are you going to New York? Monday. Monday. Okay, so we'll do it after I might you get need back. you to take me to the airport, dog. It's Six a.m. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> hey, am I watching? Am I watching Diesel? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. I'm gonna bring Diesel to the pod next week. Oh, geez. All right, that's it. Bye.